This is the only update on Bitcoin that you need to hear. But this isn't just about Bitcoin. This is about the entire crypto market. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. The Beam Pod is presented by Dowmaker, the top crypto launchpad in the industry. Dowmaker allows people to participate in top crypto projects before they launch and generate some of the best returns you can find anywhere. They also provide growth solutions for crypto projects that are looking for funding and assistance with marketing. With their revolutionary new public strongholder offerings, everyone can get early access to top crypto projects regardless of their net worth. Dowmaker is rapidly disrupting the venture capital industry. If you're interested, head over to dowmaker.com to learn more. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to give you a comprehensive update on the Bitcoin and crypto markets. There's a lot going on right now, and you need to know this right now. All right, so we're back after a bit of a bit of a break. You know, we went to Bitcoin Miami, we went to the conference, and we've got some really important things that we learned there that have kind of shed light on what we think is going to happen in the future, right? Yeah, so we spent a ton of money, went down to Bitcoin Miami, um, and got to listen to a ton of really intelligent speakers, uh, you know, like Kevin O'Leary, Kathy Wood, um, you know, and, and others in that in that field. And it was really fascinating to hear what they had to say up close and personal. And, you know, we even got to bump into a few of them, too. That was talked to like Anthony Pompliano. Yeah, pretty neat. It was really cool. It's interesting because we get we get so caught up in the day to day crypto trading, swing trading, buying the dip, which projects are new. When you kind of go there and, and you hear people, experts in the industry, talk about Bitcoin and crypto from a macro long-term perspective, it kind of gives you a sense of calm. Yeah. You know, you get the long-term perspective. What is the entire industry building towards? As opposed to, you know, we're great. We're finding these crypto gems all the time. But we kind of lose sight of sometimes what the long-term goal is, right? And when you hear Kathy Wood, Kevin O'Leary, Michael Saylor speak about Bitcoin, I think it makes you feel you know, it makes you feel good about where the industry is moving. Yeah, the, it's like the Bitcoin hodlers are the long-term investors and they are looking long to, They're looking at the monetary policies right now. They're seeing how the dollar's collapsing. They're realizing that this is, you know, the, the money of the future. So, you know, <clears throat> what Kevin O'Leary had to say really resonated. And, you know, this is something we talked about in one of our previous podcasts in terms of regulation. There's so, the, he started off, I love when he walked on stage. He's like, there is so much money on the sidelines right now, just waiting to enter the space. And this will happen when there's regulation. That's right. He literally said there was trillions of dollars waiting on the sidelines to come into the crypto markets as a whole, not just Bitcoin, but all the altcoins as well that he kind of mentioned. Um, and then we also saw Senator Loomis speak, right? And so she's the one that's put forth this bill set to regulate stable coins which as we previously mentioned, will be kind of the first step of regulation for crypto, which is stable coins. Now we knew this was coming, but the one takeaway that I have from seeing both Kevin O'Leary and Senator Luma speak is that it might not be coming as soon as we think. Mm -hmm. We know government is slow, right? And they talked about some of the hurdles and some of the main people in government that are just so old school and backwards that this isn't going to happen tomorrow and it might not even happen this year, right? Yeah, and that's that really annoyed me you know, seeing all the hard work that she put in, she had this uh, two page document, you know, you get a lot of these bills in Congress and they're 500 pages long. She really simplified it. It was a two page bill. Anybody could understand it. 
and anybody would go through and try to read it to put it into action. But when she said that they're just now starting to learn about blockchain tech, they're now just starting to look into Bitcoin. I'm like, yo, this has been around since 2009 and you guys are just starting to do it. Get your fucking act together. It's true. It's true. But honestly, the one thing and going back to what I said at the start of the show that made me feel good about it was when Kevin O'Leary said, just know that everyone in the crypto and Bitcoin industry right now is early because mm-hmm. you're getting in before the institutions, you're getting in before the high net individuals that will put billions upon billions into it. So as, as caught up as we can get in the day-to-day fluctuation is Bitcoin at 41, 39 is, you know, where's Solana, all that Ethereum, where are the prices? We're early and we're getting in before the big, before the trillions come in. So that can kind of, I think that should make everyone feel good about themselves being in in the blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto industry. We're here before the institutions and listening to Senator Loomis and Kevin O'Leary reaffirmed that for me. For sure. And the fact that, you know, there are senators out there making that push and and speaking about the government, you know, you have the midterm elections coming up in, uh, was it November? Who's the people who funds these politicians and who are the holders of Bitcoin right now? It's large, it's big people who have a ton of money, who are very influential. There's also institutions who do want to get into a scarce resource, a scarce asset. Uh, so they're going to have some some play. And I think we're going to start to hear a little bit more about crypto regulations. And this could lead to a bit of a spike in price later on in the year as it gets closer to the to the elections. Right. So that the Democrats have something, something to lean on because they're behind in the polls at the moment. For sure. I mean, we're definitely going to be hearing more about regulation as, as the months and years go on. So it's something to keep note of. The next thing I wanted to discuss, which was which was a hot topic at Bitcoin Miami at the conference, and it's something that we don't really hear a lot about in our circles. It's the Lightning Network, right? So the big news that dropped at the conference was by the Strike CEO, Jack Mallers, who announced that the Lightning Network, which is one the biggest payment platform that Bitcoin is built around, has integrated with Walmart, Shopify, McDonald's, all these top corporations around the world. Now, it kind of confuses a lot of people because is Bitcoin a store of wealth to be hodled or is it meant to be used as a digital currency? So I think it had a lot of people kind of, did it send a mixed message? But when you look into it, it's actually very bullish for the space because the Lightning Network, you can actually pay in fiat using the Bitcoin network, using the blockchain technology. So you convert the Bitcoin into fiat. You don't actually have to spend your Bitcoin. It's the underlying technology that is really going to be revolutionizing the world. And the fact that they've now partnered with all those companies, that's it's huge. So it's like a smart contract for Bitcoin in a way? Like, Well, it's, it's using the Bitcoin blockchain tech to facilitate fiat right. payments. And JP Morgan came out and said that they can see in the future that the Lightning Network with the underlying technology will be an improvement on Visa and MasterCard. This is great because it also helps with, with adoption, right? Now that we do have the McDonald's, we do have Shopify, we do have Walmart all starting to integrate with Bitcoin. It's just another piece of the puzzle. Yeah, so. pe- I mean, people, as, as soon as they heard that announcement, they said, am I really going to be buying Bitcoins with yeah. my Big Mac? That's not, and, and on the surface, it, yeah. that's what you, you think, right? But that's not really what it's about. So it was a big announcement, but I think a lot of people were confused about it. But when you really dig into it, it is very bullish for Bitcoin, crypto, and adoption as a whole, that all these big companies are now coming around to Bitcoin that were, you know, a few years ago, they would, you know, just pew poo it and we're never going to do it yeah the fact that they're doing that i think it was a big announcement and i've started looking more into this lightning network more and more because i think it is a big thing and if all these companies are using it i think we're going to see that 
be one of those crypto use cases that could change people's lives as we talked about in our previous podcast episode, right? Absolutely. So basically there's a lot going on. We just have to be a little bit more patient at the moment. Um, These integrations are occurring. You're not going to show up to Walmart or McDonald's tomorrow and just have it happen. The congressional bills are not going to be passed tomorrow, but know that deep down inside behind the scenes, the things that you're not seeing, but we were exposed to at Bitcoin Miami is that it is all happening right now. You just have to be patient. Uh, You know, in terms of altcoins, you know, it's like picking the best projects right now, just hodl, you know, dollar cost average into your best positions and um, just know that it is all happening behind the scenes. For sure. And and one of the best speeches that I think we both agreed that we saw was Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And I think we should just touch, touch on his philosophy about blockchain, crypto, and Bitcoin as a whole. You know, he's looking at it from a psychological point of view, right? He's not a finance guy. He's a psychologist and a very smart man. Mm. He said he sees the potential in blockchain. He can see that it's going to make the world a much more transparent, financially equal place. It's going to take the power away from the banks and the governments to manipulate economies. But he cautioned against the negative side of it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you brought up a really good point when when we were there and it's the, the dark side of social media, for example, like using that as an example to contrast it to blockchain is, you know, from a social media perspective, it's like, holy shit, this is great. Now we can communicate with our friends across the world and we can talk to our family whenever we want. But look at all the negatives that have come along with it as well, right? There's a very dark side to social media when it comes to mental health and, you know, dividing uh, countries and whatnot. So if we put all our eggs in one basket and all into blockchain technology, he cautions of, hey, look, there's going to be other issues that pop their head up that we have no idea of just yet. Let's say hypothetically, we go back to our uh, conspiracy theory podcast. What if Satoshi Nakamoto is Putin? Like what if this is like some sort of end game and all of a sudden North America builds itself or the entire world builds itself into this um, blockchain tech. And then he, he pull, he rug, he rug pulls the entire system, right? So you got to be kind of cautious right? I'm not saying that is going to happen, but you just never know. For sure. Or the electric companies, right? (laughs) But in all seriousness, the analogy he used was once it's out of the bottle, can it be put back in the bottle? And this concept of decentralization, you know, no one really has the control over it. That's why centralized companies operate in the way they do, because there is a governing body that can make sure there are no bad actors. If there are, they can do something about it. But when something is fully decentralized, and people can take as much control as possible with a negative intention, it can have very, very poor impacts on the world as a whole. And, and unfortunately, that's the world. There's a lot of bad people out there mm. and blockchain can be used for bad things. And so can crypto. So he cautions against, you know, at this, at this conference, everyone's a Bitcoin maxi, right? Decentralized everything, Bitcoin <laughs> over everything. They're ripping up fiat. They're throwing money <laughs> in the ground. He says, you know, hold your horses. This is a great technology, but... Let's think of some of the long-term consequences that could be adverse before going all in without even just, you know, thinking about it. And that's that's the thing with decentralization is, you know, you, there's no bank, for example, you control your assets. Well, let's say if you lose all your assets, you're fucked. Exactly. Right? Like at least with the bank, you're, you're slightly protected. If somebody hacks you or gets your credit card or whatever, there's some protection there. You give your wallet address to, or seed phrase to some scammer, you lose everything. Right. So there's that danger as well. And as we see in this space right now, 
not everybody is as smart as they should be. And it's just, you know, there's a a lack of education currently in the space and, and whatnot. So yeah, no, you gotta be careful for sure. But that was a good talk. I love listening to it. That was a great talk. I like that one. And I also like the, the quick talk we saw with um, Dylan LeClaire and Will Clemente about the on-chain analytics Yeah, uh, and how it's kind of bringing a new way of technical analysis into crypto. You know, that we, we talk about this all the time in the discord on Twitter in our videos, you do analysis of Bitcoin and altcoins based on what's happening on the blockchain. You know, what percentage of holder is in supply? Who's in the profit? What are the whales doing? What are the retail investors doing? And you could never do this with stocks because it's not as transparent. That's right. And they talk, these are 19, 20 year old kids. <laughs> and they talked about how this is the new TA for you know, technical analysis for crypto and Bitcoin. And these guys are, they're geniuses. Yeah, it's like a more granular uh, technical analysis, right? You can kind of di- digest the data a little bit more clearly. Uh, what I found most interesting about their talk was the fact that they said um, there hasn't been any new Bitcoin buyers since May of last year. Retail. Retail. Yeah. Right? So there hasn't really been too many new uh, investors stepping into the space. Maybe that's why we've been seeing a lot of chop, chop lately, right? There's just nobody else is coming in. And if they are, they're probably stepping into altcoins. For sure. Right? But Bitcoin's the one that floats. All, it's the tide that floats all boats. That's it. So if people aren't jumping into Bitcoin, they're jumping into altcoin. And just, just to go on this tangent, there's like, what, 20,000 crypto projects now? Yeah. It's so hard for some of these projects to get momentum because the money's being dispersed into, you know, hundred thousands of different projects, right? Yeah. Like It's tough. So, but, you know, to sum it all up, we had a great time in Miami. There's a ton of awesome things happening in this space and we just have to be patient. But now I think we should discuss where's Bitcoin at right now? What's the current state of the crypto market? Keeping in mind what we learned in Miami and where the space is heading. But then you look at the market right now, the current market conditions, I feel like all of a sudden everyone's so bearish, right? Mm. Bitcoin's hovering around 40K. People are calling for 25K. People are calling for 20K. The stock market's in shambles. The Federal Reserve is taking money out of the market. There's a recession coming, inflation. There's so many negative and bearish elements in a macro view. Where's the market at now? Where's it going? It's, it's a tricky thing to say, right? Mm. We have a great long-term view to be patient. We, we preach patience, but then when you dive right back into the current market, it's tricky, right? Yeah. How long would a recession last if we do go that way? Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> or do we just deal with high inflation forever? You know, it's really going to depend on how fucked we really are and what monetary what, what does the Federal Reserve have in their tool belt? And do they eventually just adopt Bitcoin to help, you know, back the bonds and ensure that, you know, America doesn't collapse? It's, it's tricky and obviously no one can say, but it's hard for a, what is seen as a high beta, uh, you know, growth tech asset, a risky asset like Bitcoin to perform well in these market conditions. When the stock market is going down 2% every day, growth tech stocks are getting absolutely hammered. There's no way that Bitcoin can flourish at the moment. But maybe we've seen a lot of the worst news come in. Like we just saw even a couple of days ago, uh, they announced more uh, uh, rates, rate increases. Yeah. They announced more quantitative easing. But when that happens, there's a huge sell-off. But then it, it tends to rebound from there. So I think we've maybe withstood a lot of the blows. And as we are now, you know, getting towards the end of April, maybe May we start to see that bounce and, and maybe we see that melt up that people are, are starting to talk about. And maybe there's more trouble at the end of the year. But, mm. you know, I know everyone wants to know what happens now. When do I buy? What, what do I do? I think right now it's a tricky environment. But if you think about what we just talked about and what we learned, patience is a virtue in investing. So if you can have the patience to dollar cost average into the top projects right now, 
Bitcoin, Ethereum, the top 20 altcoins, if you come back in five years, it's going to be a good decision. The tricky part is not panic selling in two weeks when they go down 25%, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're watching the charts every day, it can really fuck with your emotions. I think it's better just to sometimes step away and uh, know what you hold and know that this is a very tricky time. Don't get caught up in the little spikes and the little drawdowns and just know, just know what you hold. And that worked out well for us, you know, holding Ethereum and Bitcoin since, you know, late 2016. If we panicked every time that there was a bit of a drawdown, we wouldn't be in the sector at all, right? Yeah. So you kind of just pick your plays, stick with them, do your research and, you know, hang on tight. I think that's the key thing is do your research because if you know what you hold, and we always preach this, do your own research, the team, the goals, the roadmap. If you know what you hold, you're not going to panic sell after a 10, 20, 30% drawdown. If anything, you'll buy more. Yeah. You'll dollar cost average into your position, which is what I've been doing lately. I've been, I've been posting about it on Twitter. You know, every time Bitcoin goes into the 30s, into the 30s dollar yeah. cost average, because it probably won't stay there for long. No. And you know what? If it goes to 35, I'll dollar cost average more. So I think kind of the conclusion is there's a lot of amazing things happening in this space. The smartest people in the world are now working on blockchain and Bitcoin. Um, you go to this conference and you look at these speakers and you, you're kind of marveled at their long-term perspective. These people, they're not watching the charts on the daily. No, they're not. So as tricky and volatile as the market can seem right now, just know that the, the, the best is yet to come. We're so early. As Kevin O'Leary and Senator Loomis said, there's trillions on, this, on the sidelines waiting to flow. So just try not to stare at the charts. Dollar cost average into your positions. Keep that little bit for swing trading. That's right. For the small cap gems. <laughs> but just don't panic, right? Yeah, and put a, put a little bit of money into stables. You know, I, I am holding some stables. I always hold some stables. You just never know when, this, when Bitcoin's going to dip into the low 30s or mid 30s again because... For the past three months, at least, every time it has, it's, it's spiked right back up to like 44, 45. So yeah. it's an excellent time to, you could do some swing trading as well. So Always hold those stables because you're not, you're not going to be able to buy the dips. And the dips don't last long usually. It's, no, they're like, really doop. quick. Yeah. They, they, they dip quick. Yeah, that's a cool. quick, quick dip. Quick yeah, yeah, dip. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, look, we appreciate you guys all tuning into this episode. Make sure you tune to the next one. Make sure you tune to the next one and also hit that subscribe button. Because the next one's going to be a banger. <laughs>